Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your son and what he did on the cross for us, Father God. We ask today that that your Holy Spirit be in this place and move and touch the people's lives that need to be touched through the message this morning. We left the message up to you, Father God, and use JP in the way that you need him, in the way you need to be, he needs to be used. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Woo! That worship was awesome, wasn't it? God's amazing. And uh, I'm going to tell you all, it's kind of overwhelming. You know, when, when, when I stand up there, I can't see everybody. When I stand down here, I get a full picture of what's going on here. And it's amazing. I feel a little like... It is amazing. You know, I, f- I feel a little like when you're here at the sale and they run in them good pens of calves and and five-weight calves springing right up against two bucks and there's pen after pen after pen of these really nice, even, beautiful calves. And then all of a sudden they run in this little Coriani and he comes around the corner and they're like 75 cents. <laughs> That's me today, I'm sure. Um, it is amazing. If you were here last week, it was an incredible week. You know, um, the uh, we had some baptisms. If those are the baptisms that are here, I know some of them are here. I'd like you guys to stand up real quick. You guys are awesome, and I'm so thankful that you're here again today. And um, Today's message is kind of to you. This is the rest of the story. And uh, so go ahead and be seated again. But, but I want you to know that it's for all of us, but specifically to you um, and those the rest of us on this journey. Uh, the middle of the week, I was reminded. I had, I had had a service twice before in my life that was a little similar to last week where the Holy Spirit just got to moving and folks got to coming forward and being baptized and 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 proclaiming the proclaiming who they were in Christ and and they were just moved to make a mighty decision. One of those times several years ago was with a friend of mine named Kai Ricker and Kai and I had a joint service and folks got to come and forward and and we would go through the questions and we would baptize them as new creations and as they come forward Two men came together, and uh, I don't know whether they needed each other for courage or just how it worked, but they came just kind of one behind the other, and they were friends to each other. And as they come forward, Kai got a hold of the two of them, and he says, I want you to know that all hell is fixing to come against you. I had forgotten about that until, I don't remember now if it was Monday night or Tuesday night, but after the service we had... And I remembered Kai saying that. And I remembered as, our, as you faithful people, and then there was others that are not here now, came forward. There's more to the story. You all took a mighty step of faith. You, took, you proclaimed that you're a new creation in Christ, and you accepted him. And the truth of the matter is, the distractor is going to move against you. 
Every week it comes, even in this church service, especially in this church service, we talk about it. It's like we have got to be diligent to pray for our church body. We, we have got to be diligent to pray for those that are put in a position of authority over it, those that are making decisions, because the enemy is going to come against it. It's just a fact. All hell is going to come against us. So as I'm pondering all that, I had breakfast with Delmer. I don't remember now what day it was. I think Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, one of, Wednesday maybe. But at any rate, so I had that in my mind, that truth. And then he starts bringing some verses to my mind. And I'm like, I'm sure it's just lucky. But that matches up exactly with what the Holy Spirit was guiding me to. So if you would, would you turn with me to Matthew, the third chapter? And we're going we're gonna to explore for a second the baptism of Jesus, our Savior, but also our example. And down here, if we go to, to Matthew three thirteen, is where we're headed. Are y'all with me? Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. They were cousins, and if, if um, and John knew who Jesus was when he showed up. But anyhow, verse fourteen. But John tried to talk him out of it. He said, "I am the one that needs to be baptized by you." He said, "So why are you coming to me?" Verse fifteen. But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. I went back this far to get to this place. Some of you in here have justified not being faithful in baptism and other things up to this point in time. But I'm going to tell you right now that if Jesus couldn't get off the hook on that to be obedient, you can't either. Can you go to heaven without being baptized? I believe that you can. Can you be obedient to the Lord? There ain't no way. He's asking us to go ahead and be, to be brave enough to step out before him and say, yep, I want to, to symbolically show that I was born one way and then as I accepted you, that guy died and I became a new creation, you through me. He, he wants us to show that. So you can't be obedient. Yeah, that's awesome. Go. You can't be obedient and not do this. I'll still love you if you don't. Jesus is still going to love you if you don't, but it's going to cause a problem between your relationship and him. It just is. Let's keep reading for a minute with me, though. 16. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened up, and he saw the saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and it settled on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Who here don't want to hear that same thing? When we show up, we are not going to make it through this life forever. Not any of us. But the truth is, even while we're still here, 
We long to hear that voice. We long to hear our Father, our true Father, the one that created us, the one that knew us before conception to say, this is my child and he brings me or she brings me great joy. We all want to hear that. I want to hear that. You want to hear that. How do we get there? We just let him do the deal with us. And it is intimidating. It is scary. And he'll put you in places that you never imagined. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine all of this happening and me standing here before you. I never envisioned. Oftentimes they'll ask me, what do you have for the vision of the church? I'm like, whatever he wants. I don't know. My vision is that I help people grow up in him and know him better. And then he takes over and he shows us what he's got in mind. If it's my vision, it ain't going to last very long and it won't be very good. Turn with me to now to four. Chapter four, right in the beginning. This happened immediately after, and Delmer brought this to my attention, and this is so incredible. This happened immediately after the baptism. Then... Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. You're like, wait. What? The Holy Spirit led me into a place where I'm going to be tempted by the devil. That don't make no sense. It don't make sense to any of us. It doesn't make sense. Those guys that stood up before that were so faithful for me to stand up before you and say, okay, great job. Now all hell is going to come against you and it's part of the plan. That does not make sense. Why would it be like that? And I got to thinking about this. I had never thought about it before. We're in the Garden of Eden. We're created in his image. Man, the woman is created after the man from the rib. Everything is perfect. We're created to live forever in this perfect world. And Satan shows up in the form of a... At that time, I can only imagine that a serpent was beautiful and glorious. It says he was. Because if he showed up like he is now, we wouldn't have been tempted. But he showed up as something really attractive. And he starts lying to us. I'm sure that he surprised God altogether. God had no idea that he was coming, you know? No, he knew. Creator of the universe created him knew, too. He knew. Why would that be? I never, thought, I never asked myself that question before until I read that verse. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted. The Holy Spirit allowed Eve to be in a situation where Satan would show up knowing that it would be attractive to her and lie, knowing that she would be tempted to listen, knowing that she would convince old Adam's like, come on, honey, it can't be. We're going to be really smart when we get this done. We're going to be like God. Why would that be? And then God starts showing me the answer. It starts unraveling. And so you're going to have to bear with me just a little bit. I like a horse. You all know that. There's nothing I like better besides Christ than a good horse. 
And if I get a young horse, once I get that horse to start moving around like I want one to move around, I'll start looking for a situation that I can put him in. My favorite situation is in the spring when we brand. Because oftentimes, at least the guys that I've been working with, and every brand has its own personality, but the guys that I'm used to working with, they'll get... They'll, get the, they'll gather the cows and the calves. You put them in a pen that's pretty tight, and you start doing what we call stripping the cows off of the calves. I love to get inside that pen with that colt. And I'll start, you have to move him around with that cow, and there's pressure coming from everywhere. And as soon as he moves this cow, there's another and another and another. And you go through 200 of them until you get all the cows off the calves. And if he messes up, you just keep turning around and you catch another cow and you fall over here. And there's this tremendous amount of pressure on this cold in this situation. And I like to have him in there because this pressure is coming from everywhere and he can't get away from it. And the day's going to go on and I know there's enough cows that sooner or later he's going to have to just trust me that it's going to be okay. And by the end of that day, I'll feel like that coat is pretty bulletproof. He is pressure-proof. His hide is thick enough to take the training that I'm going to put on him after that. So it is with us. Our God knows where we are and how we're created. And he knows that we want to be like him. We, we've gone through a lot of pressure to the place that we're willing to be broke. Let him train us. But we get in this situation, our hide ain't very thick yet. We're not tough enough yet. There's places in Timothy where it warns us not to bring somebody into leadership too soon. Said, for they'll get discouraged. You're like, why is that? This guy's got good study habits. He loves the Lord. He goes through it. And yet says, don't make an elder out of him yet because he'll get discouraged. Why is that? Because his hide ain't thick enough yet. He hasn't gone through the fire. He hadn't had enough pressure put on him yet. 20 years ago, I was not ready to stand before you. I wasn't ready to hear my name out in the community with a, here's old preacher again. I screwed up one more time. 20 years later, I'm like, you know, that's part of the deal. And I am going to make mistakes. But God's covered that too. My hide's thicker. So the process, why would he call us out into the desert knowing we're going to be tempted? And it always comes in certain ways. You know, he tempts, he tempts us about the things that we can see. The things that we can, in our flesh, the things that we want. And being somebody. He sucks us in on that almighty being important. Being somebody of recognition. Being, you know, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, that's a slippery, slippery slope. Earlier today, I was asked, I was like, okay, you want to make it? Do we want to redo this and you want to put your name on it? I said, I want to redo it, but I don't want my name on it because then all of a sudden it's got less power. I want it to have our name on it. I want it to have the name of the Holy Spirit on it. And then I just want to agree with it. That, that slope of me being somebody of importance or somebody of authority, they don't have nothing. 
I just want to be his and let humbly let him use me. Was I always like that? I wouldn't. But over time, I learned to get there. Over time, I learned that that's a dangerous place to be out there. And my hide got thicker to take the pressures of the other stuff. So, yeah, it's true that all hell's coming against you. You probably suffered some of it in the distractions this week. And it's true it's by purpose. And it's also true that God wants to use it. So whether you're talking about you guys, accepting the Lord, you know, we had, we got, I was, it was brought to my attention that we had a, a first year anniversary. There's a couple here that was married one year ago today, right by this body. Same deal. They're in agreement with each other and the Lord. For the next 40 days, however long their 40 days is going to be, sometimes it's 40 minutes, sometimes it's 40 days, Sometimes it's 40 years. But however long your 40 days is going to be, you're in this deal where you're learning how to have a thicker hide. You're learning to be somebody even through the circumstances. Are you following me? So I want you to turn with me forward now to Romans as I wrap this up. So God brings us to the desert knowing we're going to be tempted. And no one, you know, and, and it's so crazy. I can't believe that Satan gets sucked into this thing every time. He's like, every time, he's like, okay, I got him now. And God uses it anyhow to give us enough hide to become who we're to be in him. Romans eight twenty eight is where I want to start. And this is meant as the encouragement part of this. It's a little intimidating knowing that the evil one's coming against you. That all hell is coming against you. But here's the way out. Here's the way through it. Eight twenty-eight, And we know that God causes everything to work together, even that that we're talking about, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So my God sets this situation up knowing we're going to get in a place where there's a lot of pressure, knowing that when we come out of it, we're going to be pressure-proof, and we're going to be in a place that we can start marching out our calling so that he can roll all things for our good. For his good, for good, for our good. And then he goes on and he promises more. And for, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That is us. Thank God we get to follow his example. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. That's where we're headed as we go through this process and our hide gets thicker and we get tougher. But even in it, 
here in 31. It says, what shall we say these wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? 32, since, since he did not spare even his own son, he gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. This is just a process of how we get there. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us. He was raised to life for us. And he is sitting on the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything, this is my favorite verse in the whole Bible, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? And if we jump down here to 37, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell. Do you hear it? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I just hear today twofold encouragement. One, if you hadn't been obedient, whether it be a baptism or something else, something you know that God is calling you to do, but it intimidates you so bad you haven't been able to do it, you know that that's creating a wedge between you and him. You know it. And you know that when you step into it, hell's going to come against you. That's part of what's kept you away. But the truth of the matter is that's part of the process. That's what's going to make you pressure proof. That is what's going to create the situation where you are tough enough to do the deal and you will be blessed amazingly. You will be that little Corianni that comes through and he brings good steer price. I stand before you as proof of that. So if that's you that hadn't been obedient, I'm asking you today to make that decision. I'm pleading with you too. You are not going to regret. I have never met any human in my life that has regretted making that decision. I know a lot of humans. I haven't met that guy yet. And if you're making a decision like that or if you're part of this church body, and sometimes it seems like, or any other, and it seems like all hell is coming against you. It is. And it's going to be used for good. It's going to be used for the good of the kingdom. It's going to be used for our good. It's going to be used for his good. It's part of the deal, and it's how we get tough enough 
to do the rest of the deal. Pray with me. Father, we love you. I thank you for your presence here. I thank you for your spirit that guides us, that convicts us, that tells us the truth when we don't want to hear it. Father, we want to hear that when we follow you, we're going to be richer, prettier, more successful, that it's going to be easier. And then you require me to stand up today and tell us that it ain't going to be easier. It's actually going to be harder. And it's going to be better. That only makes sense in your economy, Father. But I pray that if there's anybody in here that's made that decision today, that they will seek out somebody. And they will make it public. That they will will say, I am ready, regardless of the cost, to follow him, to follow you, Father. Father, I pray that if there's anybody broken in here, which I know everybody is some way or another, and I want to add those on the prayer list right with this. Father, I pray that you would do a mighty healing. We can't fix nothing. We can't fix a common cold. We surely can't fix cancer or finances or all the things that plague us today. But we know that you're sovereign. You're the creator of of the universe. And you know all these things are in place. And you know every cell in our body, every hair on our head by number, which sounds crazy, but it's true. And so, Father, I pray that that you would do a mighty miracle for those that need one. That you would you would heal the sick, that you would that you would cure the afflicted, that you would patch up the brokenhearted, and that you would give that you would give courage to those that are in the desert. And Father, I ask a special prayer for our church. I ask that your hand would be upon it. That every word said here would glorify you. That you would give us divine wisdom as we lead this body to you. And that you would protect us from the evil one. And when the evil one attacks, that you would give us that hope, that, that, that sure-fired promise that all of this is going to be used for good also. I praise you for this. I praise you for this body. I praise you for this day. And I praise you for the lives that are being changed right now, even as I'm praying. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.